0: This show is being brought to you by Grand Ray Outdoors. John O'Brien is the CEO of Grandpa Ray Outdoors and he's been an agronomist for over 29 years. He's not just an agronomist, he is an educator. So if you go to Grandpa Ray Outdoors on the web, you're going to see that John is sharing his knowledge with anybody that wants to listen and become a smarter food plotter. He does have a special group called team grow and you can join that and get the inside scoop with John. He does private uh, seminars and shares private information. So check out team grow and grandpa Ray outdoors for the finest information on the web. Oh yes. He has a full line of seeds that are as good as if not better than any other seed company in existence today let's talk deer let's talk deer is supported and sponsored by grandpa ray outdoors we do receive funds from grandpa ray outdoors for airing this show welcome to let's talk deer and i'm going to be joined with my good friend art helen art is a photographer he has a TV show called Own the Season TV and he does a lot of youth hunts and just all around he's in the woods a lot folks and uh, he just Michelle just caught a nice musky the other day so he's enjoying the fall that's for sure Art welcome uh, to Let's Talk Deer
1: it's a pleasure being back with you, Bruce. I uh, always enjoy speaking with you. So and uh, yeah, like you said, it's fall is starting out well, and now it's uh, with the musky bite. It's kind of I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit torn just because of uh, some of the stuff that's happening on my own property right now. So I'm I'm a little torn for the next couple weeks and which way to go. But I guarantee you, tomorrow we'll be in a tree stand somewhere. Somewhere. Well, there's a 50 inch
0: musky up by Boulder Junction or someplace up there. Uh, manager's waters up that country and i unfortunately have caught a lot of uh e- not illegal i shouldn't say the undersized i think that's
1: the correct thing to say what is it 30 36 inches they have to be you know, it depends. There's a lot of lakes that made their own changes now up there. Some of them are 40. Some them, they've even got a couple lakes up there that are like 50 inches before you can keep them, which is absolutely crazy. <laughs> you know, cause I've never caught a 50 incher in my life. You know, I've caught some mid 40s, some some upper 40s, but uh, that's my goal is that 50 inch target fish, and maybe someday. You know, it's, it's kind of like that goal of that 200 inch whitetail. And
0: uh, there you that's go, my
1: goal. And someday hopefully that'll happen too you know i have broke the boon and crockett a few times uh as far as growth scores but i just uh i can't get to that full 200 yet
0: (laughs) well you just we just gotta keep hunting and and um for people that don't know muskie fishing is known as the fish of uh, a thousand casts so uh i've got more than a thousand casts on muskies (laughs) that's for sure but anyway we're here to talk about Um, I asked Art to come out and do one of his live seminars for for the Let's Talk Dear uh, listeners on deer vocalization, because there's a lot of different calls out there, and there's a lot of different people that have their specific thoughts, how, when, why, and I found Art stuff is pretty much, not pretty much, it's spot on as far as I'm concerned, uh, because um, Deer are very social animals, and they do communicate, we know, by scrapes, and we know by rubs, and leaky branches, we know all that, but they also talk to each other, non-verbally and verbally. So we're going to talk and just jump right into deer vocalization without Helen.
1: It's awesome. Thank you. Um, And you're right, you know, deer are very social, so, you know, it's, Why do you call deer? Why do you even, you know, think about using calls? Well, basically, when you're looking at doing deer vocalizations, um, you're trying to locate an animal, you're trying to attract an animal, or you're trying to intimidate an animal. It's one of the three things. And uh, depending on what time of the season or what time of the year it is, is what you really need to look at and um, figure out what to use and and when. And, uh, you know, so that brings you to when calling deer or what you're doing is using their natural aggression, using their curiosity. Deer are very curious. Uh, They're just like people, you know. Curiosity killed the cat, as they say. Uh, It's just like a person, you know. What's in this hole? You stick your finger in that hole and, you know, it gets bit by a snake. Well, (laughs) you probably shouldn't have done that in the first place. And it's just you know, it's, it's no different with a deer. If it hears that vocalization, or it's the right vocalization at the right time, they want to go because they're curious. They want to see what's there. At other times, it's their aggression. Um, you know, if you hear somebody like myself, who, you know, you want to help defend people and do certain things, if you hear yelling and shouting, curiosity. You're going to run over there and, and see what's happening and see if there's a fight that you need to break up or get into or just walk away. So deer are the same way, you know, they're the same as we are. So we're doing this and we're calling deer to bring them to you, to get them to you. So it gives you that opportunity um, to see deer um, and maybe harvest a deer that otherwise you would never see. You know, they might be walking 100 yards or 200 yards on a trail and especially early season like this and there's a lot of leaves, or if they're out in a cornfield, something like that, where you're not going to, you know, a tall more, um, Excuse me. Sorghum field, they're not going to see that, um, or you're not going to see that deer. And so that you may hear it and say, oh, is that that a deer over there? So that's when you use these calls and try to get that curiosity, you know, to get that animal over to where you're at. Um, and so when you're looking at that, there's, there's truly... Um, a couple different calls that you really want to use or, or really want to learn. Uh, they're the different types of grunts, um, how to rattle properly, when to rattle, uh, snort wheezes, snort wheezes when used at the right time, which we'll break down here in a little bit, are one of the deadliest calls, uh, most aggressive calls that you can use later in the year. And then uh, fawn bleats and wines and adult doe bleats, they can be, especially in this early season, um, they can be a game changer for you. So when do, you know, you really want to use these calls and and when do you really want to look at them and and using them? So, um, you know, right now, uh, as you know, you know, Wisconsin season opens tomorrow and a lot of seasons out west have already opened you get into north dakota south dakota you know some of these public land or private land areas they've already opened up and i've seen some horrendous deer already you know getting shot and kind of jealous about that to be honest and uh so i'm looking at that but i've hunted those states real early like this i've been out there you know for the openers the first of september i've been out there I remember uh, one time in North Dakota, we were out there hunting and it was so hot that we literally went to the store to buy um, a camouflage bug suit and black underwear. And we put the black underwear on underneath our bug suit and sprayed ourselves down. And that's what we sat in that night because it was so hot. It was 103 degrees outside. And... Uh, you know, so I, I've been there early season like that also. And so what are we looking at? You know, that, that uh, season opener until, you know, about one to two weeks after those deer rub off that velvet, uh, which is, you know, just happened here. I'm, I pulled some cards today and I saw, you know, within the last two weeks, a lot of these deer just starting to come out of velvet. And um, so what I really like to concentrate on right now is your fawn bleats, um, your fawn whines, and your social buck grunts. And the reason that I'm really trying to concentrate on these at this time of year is if you look at um, those fawns bleeding and whining, what happens is is these bucks starting to rub off that velvet. Their testosterone starts to build. Well as that testosterone starts to build, they start thinking, you know, breeding season right away because they're no different. Let's face it, Bruce, they're no different than a man. Okay, it's, (laughs) you know, 24-7, 365, it's on their mind. However, in their life, it's just like everybody else's life. Um, You know, she controls when things are going to happen, all right? And uh, so that's what's happening there is, You know, she's not only controlling it, but so is Mother Nature with the length of a day and and how the length of that day, you know, starts getting them into estrus. However, what happens is he thinks that if he can run those fawns off of that doe and separate them long enough that they'll quit milking, they'll quit feeding, and that will get her to come back into estrus early. So when he hears that early like this, it's curiosity to see where those fawns are and possibly. So if you're pulling cards right now and pulling cameras and you see the fawns and all of a sudden you'll see a buck come in and you see this buck pushing these little fawns all over the field, that's what he's trying to do. It's just that it's too early in the year and those fawns are actually going to come right back to mom and it's just not going to happen because she's not going to kick them off. But it's that curiosity with those fawn bleats and those whines to get that buck to come in, see what's there, and try to push them off of mom to get things started early, okay? Are we talking
0: about the dominant bucks trying to kick the fawns off, or are we talking about the up-and-comers?
1: All of them. It it doesn't matter. Um, They're going to come in and try to kick that, especially your older bucks, but your young bucks are going to do that too right now, Um As it goes on, your older bucks, Uh, I don't know if you've ever bear hunted, but if you've seen, you know, you look at bears and you hear that all the time that a bear will come in. The difference is, is that boar will actually try to kill those cubs to get her to come back into heat, where I've seen that happen in real life, where I've actually watched those, a boar come in and kill the cubs to get that sow to come back into heat. With deer, however, he's not going to come in to kill those fawns. He's going to come in to push those off. So it doesn't really matter how old, um, but early season like this, sometimes, you know, you'll get that older buck. Most of the time early like this, you're going to get that one to three-year-old because those older bucks, you know, they kind of understand what's going on. So that's where I look at your social buck grunt, okay? So if you have a really good age structure on your property, that's where I focus on the social buck grunts. Where a social buck grunt is where a lot of people go wrong later on in the year is because they're using this when they should be using different types of grunt calls. A social buck grunt is just your, that's all it is. And what that is, is that's just telling them, hey, I'm over here. I'm another buck. That's why you see these and you'll hear that right now. You'll hear that social buck grunt and you'll see some bucks come together. They kind of look at each other. What happens is a lot of times that's your one- and two-year-olds that are doing that, and now all of a sudden you'll get that three-, four-, five-year-old, if you have that age structure, will walk in. He may grunt once to stop it, and if you've seen, if you've got that age structure, some people I'm sure have seen this more than once, you get those two little bucks already rattling, doing their thing out in that field. That old mature deer walks in because he's heard those social grunts, wants to know who's in his territory. That's what he's trying to figure out is, because if he's already got his territory and got his block down, he wants to know who's in there. So he's walking in there, he comes in, he's going to posture a little bit, show him who's boss, and a lot of times those bucks will look in and go, eh, yeah, you're the boss, I'm just going to kind of back off over here. And that's why I look at that social grunt at this time of year, is to try to get that more mature deer in there. Where with the fawn bleats, you, can, you could possibly bring in those older deer, but you're going to bring in a lot more deer. Um, with those fawn bleats and and whines. So, um, concentrate on those social buck grunts if you're trying to get that more dominant. Especially if you're seeing, um, those you know one and two year old deer. If you're seeing them in the field a lot and watching that older deer kind of hang out, where your cameras are showing him coming to the field 20 minutes after you leave, you know that's that could be a way to coax them in this early season like that.
0: This is Bruce Hutchin with a special message about my relationship with Burner.com. Burner HD is a non-lethal pistol that's available now on the web at Burner.com. If you go to the web and use my promo code, promo code AON2020. That's promo code AON2020. You're going to get a 10% discount on all burner product so again let's talk to here has a discount promo code promo code aon 2020 that's promo code aon 2020 burner product go check them out they're great so how long does it really last for the dawn the fawn bleeds or we haven't even talked about dough bleeds and then the social grunts what what is the cutoff date for that
1: you know like i said usually <sighs> I get into the end of September, October, and then I kind of start laying off that because then things are starting to change. Food sources are changing. Deer are starting to change. Will they still work? Um, Yeah, they can. Um, But a lot of times they don't. um, You know, and, and let me, I guess, let me go back to that. That really, truly, you know, September 20th, Is usually about when I say, you know, this is that week before, week and a half prior to the end of September. That's usually when I start looking at, all right, that fawn bleat, kind of start laying off of that and and really start focusing more on like the phase two of calling, which uh, we can get into here in a little bit. But in your doe bleats, you know, really I don't do a lot of doe bleats. At that time unless you want to shoot does if you're if you're a guy who wants to get your does done early in the year doe bleats and fawn bleats are great especially you know if you do a um, wounded fawn or or fawn that's a distressed fawn um, and start really screaming in that call you're gonna pull in does like you and believe so if you're trying to fill doe tags early like that you know fawn bleats and, and doe bleats because those are social too they're the same thing they're gonna come in and see which other does are there and this would give you a, a, a really big start or, or a helping hand um, and advantage over the next guy if you're out there trying to do these calls and want to get your does out of the way so you know going back to your does and fawn bleats that would be a really good time if you want to concentrate on the does and not your big deer which usually what I do is, you know, that first week is I'll concentrate more on if I've got a really good deer pattern, and then the next week I'll fall into that, um, you know, which would then get me up to that 20th, 25th of September, somewhere in there, of, you know, concentrating on getting rid of a few of our does early season like that. So, but after that's done, now now I'm really gonna switch over. And uh, I get into that end of September um through that first week of october october 6th, october 10th you know just before they have the uh october lull per se um that uh those of you have heard me speak before I'm, I'm not a huge um this is horrible you know october lull is end all be all uh killed some of our best deer myself and some of our friends have killed some of our best bucks ever during what they consider the October lull. It's just you need to change a lot of things up during that time of the year. But, um, you know, when you get into the phase two, what I call it, or that end of September through that first part of October, now I really concentrate on those social buck grunts because they're really trying to figure out who is who in that area and if there's any bucks that got kicked out early out of another area and moving into someplace else. Um so you combine that with light rattling and sparring at this time it can be extremely effective the problem is is a lot of guys go overboard at this time of year when they're sparring you know with their antlers so they're not just grabbing their antlers and tickling them together they think that okay we're middle of november we're first part of november you know end of october it's time to just bring out a set of 190 inch rattling horns and beat them to death you know and uh i've seen that you know and sometimes i agree with that and sometimes i don't you know people are always like oh the bigger the horn the bigger the buck well yes and no if the biggest deer you got on your property is 140 inch deer i don't care if you rattle with 190 inch set of horns that's the biggest deer you're gonna have you're not gonna grow that deer just by rattling those antlers together right um so he'd You kind of look at that, that, so what I like to do is I really like to get a small rattle bag um, or a smaller set of antlers and just tick them together this time, you know, just kind of a tick, 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 click, 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 and then throw in a social buck grunt here and there when I'm doing that. And uh, part of that reason is because as as you're clicking those together, and, and you've probably seen it. Many times, you know, you're from this area or north of here, where you've uh, you know, back early in the years, do you ever have it, Bruce, where you're sitting in a tree stand open a weekend, and you see two little bucks, you know, one and a half or two year olds out in the field and they're they're sparring and they're rattling click, 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 and then all of a sudden another buck comes walking out. Um, I don't know, you ever you know, do you have any experiences with that yourself?
0: Yeah, uh, and I use very small antlers for my for my rattling and I call it, you know, tickling, you know, and I just tickle them, and I've had people say, well, they can't see that, or hear that, and I go, you're wrong, because um, one thing, Art and I have got a few years doing this, and if you observe deer, and just observe them, and watch their behavior, then it'll tell you exactly what you need to do, because Art's Entirely correct, all of a sudden you get these young guys out there, year and a half, maybe even two and a half, and they're out th- doing their thing and, and kind of feeling their testosterone going, and all of a sudden a bigger deer, a larger deer will, will show up just for no other reason but curiosity. What's going on? Who's in, who's in my neighborhood? Because the dominant buck rules the roost, and you, you, you've got to figure that out okay what's the dominant buck on my farm and don't worry if it's not a 200 incher who cares i mean get out and hunt and if it's a 140 and that's what you got you know that's your dominant deer then you want a challenge of a lifetime go hunt them
1: yeah and that's you know and and i'm glad you said that because you know we manage our farms very tight so we manage for age and, and different things and some people don't have that. Some people, you know, and, and you can use all these tactics on public land. You can use them on private land. It doesn't matter when you're calling deer. And sometimes you're just not fortunate to have that age structure on certain public lands or even on private lands. And so, you know what, target that deer that's going to make you happy. And if you're happy shooting 120-inch deer, it doesn't matter what your neighbor says. It doesn't matter what your You know, anybody else says about it, if you're happy with that and that makes you happy, that's your choice. Now, if you're hunting on somebody's property like mine, where we manage ours very strictly, um, and we have a lot of deer that uh, we let a lot of people shoot that um, are certain age groups that just are never genetically going to be anything. You can never call, and this is this is a big uh, myth per se out there, is everybody says, well, I'm going to, you know, this is my call deer on my farm. Okay, in the wild, it's almost impossible to call. It's Genetically, it's almost impossible. However, for me as somebody who manages my land and manages my deer, it makes me feel better and sleep at night. <laughs> and bottom line, not going to lie to you when I say, you know what, this is a call deer over here that's just to make me feel better um it's a deer that truly we don't really want on the farm because maybe there's two other three year olds or four year olds that are way better genetically than that deer is it truthfully yes what they consider a call deer on farms and different things yes you're never going to get it out of your um genetic system but uh it helps us if you want to say justify it or whatever you want which Truthfully, guys, there's no justification. You shouldn't have to justify anything to anyone about what you shoot. You bought your license. You paid for your license. The only way you need to justify anything is, again, if you're on somebody's property that has certain rules set in place and you don't follow those rules. Only reason you need to. Otherwise, you do not need to justify anything to anybody as long as it's legal. Okay, now that I've got that off my chest and, and we've covered that, we're going to, um, you know, because I, I can see it already, tomorrow with season starting, it's, you know what, the computer key, the, the keyboard warriors are going to come out in full strength here in Wisconsin and they are going to tear people apart for shooting, you know, that would have been a good deer next year, that would have been this or that would have been, and maybe it would have been, maybe it would have been great, but guys, we don't know their story. That person... You know, may not have hunted for the last five years. It may be their first time hunting. They may have cancer. Somebody in their family might. They may be going through something hard in their life. Um, A lot of people with the COVID lockdown this year, you know, they just want to get out in the woods. So, you know what? Let's be supportive of each other, of all hunters out there, and move on with that. Uh, so we don't destroy the hunting. You know, it's it's shrinking as it is. So let's all try to get along. I know it's sometimes pretty difficult, but let's try it anyway. So and I'll just I'll just throw my two cents and get this rant over. Um,
0: <laughs> Brenda Valentine told me a long time ago, it's your hunt, Bruce, and I don't care if you're hunting where you're hunting, how much you paid for a hunt, public land, private land. It's it's still in the end your hunt and. Every single deer that's taken, a doe, uh, a one-and-a-half-year-old buck, it, it doesn't matter. It's it's the hunt. It's the opportunity. And because of what we've just been through, we're going to have a lot of people that have never killed a deer before, and they're hunting for one purpose and one purpose only. They want to put meat in the freezer. And, they yeah, they want to get out and, and do that. But a lot of people have bought licenses not only hunting licenses, but fishing licenses. I know here in Colorado, they've had a tremendous amount of people buying fishing license. Why? Because they can go get some worms or spinners and go catch some fish and have protein to eat. And they can put it in their freezer. And the same thing with elk and deer and antelope and all the things we're blessed with out here in Colorado. But it's no different any place. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be so happy to shoot that spike buck. We're legal. And they're going to be ecstatic. And, yeah, they're going to do it on social media. So if you see that, congratulate the person. If you cannot congratulate the person, just shut blank up. I'm done.
1: All right. <laughs> like my like my uh, grandma always said, if you got nothing nice to say, just don't say it at all. Um, there you go. Sometimes it's a little tough for me to do But <laughs> I try my best So um, Let's go anyway, to phase right. two Let's go yep, to phase so two let, Let's jump right back into this Now that we're done with this So phase two you know, we talked about social buck grunts Light rattling um, So I'm going to share this quick story I had a buddy of mine years ago He called me up one night And he says Art He says remember that picture of that big deer I showed you I said yeah He says we're a week into season I've seen him three times I can't get him to do anything, and I said, "Did you rattle? Did you grunt? Did you?" No, it's not the rut. I said, "Well, I don't care. They're, they're social. They want to do these things." They said, "Take out a small set of antlers or a rattle bag." I said, "In your grunt tube." I said, "Just a social grunt, just bat, bat, and just light rattling, click, 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 and just tickle them like you said, tickle them." I said, "Don't get carried away." I said, but do it if you see him out in that field when he's looking the other way, do it away from him on the opposite side of the tree, real quiet, so he can't see where that's coming from. Because if he sees down there and there's nothing there, because I knew where his stand was, um, I said, act like it's coming just over that hill. All right, I'll try it. So he went out, and the next night he, uh, he calls me and he says, never showed. I said, okay. I said, well, just you know, kind of fill me in when it happens. I don't need to know in every night scenario what's going on. <laughs> About three nights later, he calls me up, and he's like, I need help. And I'm like, okay, you know, and it kind of startled me at first, then because of the way he was breathing and everything else, well, he called me from his tree. He says, I just shot him. He says, I just shot him. He says, and, and I need some help going look for him and getting him. I said, all right. I said, just stay there. What happened? Well, he came out in the field like that, and he was about 150 yards out, and he was turning, kind of walking away from me. He said, so I did a couple real quiet social grunts, and he lifted his head and looked around, put his head down. I tickled the antlers together. His head went right back up. He covered about 50 yards and was trying to look over that hill. Didn't see anything, so he turned like he was going to leave again. So I tickled the antlers again, did one small social grunt, and he said, that deer turned around walked right to me. It says, right on a string. Is I shot him at 18 yards. We went and recovered that deer, and it was 183 inches. Absolute Whoa. giant whitetail. Beautiful deer. So, you know, again, this time of year, when you get to that, you know, 20th of September through that 8th, 10th of October, don't be afraid to take that set of horns with you and tickle those things together. Um, it'll give you a huge advantage over the next guy sitting two ridges over that doesn't have that stuff. Again, deer are super social. Um, and they're also, you know, there's some of them that just have it in their blood. They're fighters. They're, there's You know, you look at some of the guys that, you know, they can be the nicest guy to meet and talk to and everything else, but, man, for some reason you hit a switch and they're fighters. They love to fight. And so are these deer. So you have to know which switch to hit and, and when to do it. So focus on this through that time frame um, because then you're going to hit what I call the October lull. Um, October lull, you know, you're going to get into that 10th of October until probably depending on weather, moon phase, different things like that. Those deer aren't going to move a whole lot until 20th, 20th to 25th of October, let's say. Okay, just to kind of give you a time frame in my area and uh what happens during that time frame is everybody thinks of these deer and it's, it's funny because i say oh my deer disappeared they went underground they're not there guys you know they don't go to mexico on vacation for two weeks before... <laughs> i don't know if all of a sudden you know they have a you know deer plane you know we fly deer plane with us and they go load up on a plane and fly to mexico and say you know what man let's take a little siesta here because in two weeks things are going to get crazy They don't, but what they do is they try to conserve as much energy as they can because what's going to happen is these deer at that time of year um, need as much protein as they can, especially your older deer. You're going to see some of those younger deer still running around, younger bucks, um, just because they haven't figured it out yet, and, and they can do that. As they get older, they need to conserve that energy. They need to... Keep that weight on because they know that they're going to take off and run crazy here coming up as those days get shorter and shorter and uh you know so during this time frame deer just don't respond much to anything however if you get in their bedroom and you are there try those social grunts because they're going to say all right this is my bedroom now because you are in their bedroom and they don't want to move much out of there to conserve energy a lot of times they're bedding on acorn ridges or bedding just off uh, high protein fields things like that where or right in cornfields you know they, they just won't move so if you happen to get in that bedroom they're going to say who's this deer that's it's you know in my bedroom with me i need to get rid of them they may move 100 or 150 yards they're not going to move like they do otherwise in, in long distances